Welcome to Postscript Rolled on Fire Season 2. It is episode six, uh, no, excuse me, episode 5 of Season 2. The, wait for it, penultimate episode of of, uh, of World on Fire Season 2. Um, and Season 2 penultimate episode is supported by Rogers and Associates. More information can be found at rogers-associates.com. And this episode and all episodes of Postscript are also supported by viewers and listeners like you. Thank you so much. For more information on how you can help, please visit WITF.org slash mosaic. And I'm Fred Veachant, along with my good friend, Matt Wilson. Hey, Matt. Hello, Fred. How are you? I'm all right. Good. As, we, as Matt and I were making our way to the studio, I mentioned to him, and we try to keep conversation to a minimum so that we actually, you know, healthy, have a healthy interaction during this podcast. Not that we would, but um, I, I mentioned how I felt this was a very sad episode, to which Matt said... Sorry, uh, they've all been sad. They're, they are always trying to give me, give me a happy episode of World on Fire. I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't really think of one. I could think of, you know, the previous series we did, which was Tom Jones. That had some happier. Tom Jones very different show. Uh, but, uh, no, there, there's certainly moments. There are moments. Yeah, and I think is is kind of coming to a place where if not happy, at least there's some peace for him. But Yeah, there's been peace for him. I Well, I guess there's not. There wasn't any comic relief in my mind. You know, occasionally you see that with Rabina, but you know, Rabina in this episode certainly throwing down the uh, the sword into the ground, saying, "All right, you two, what the heck is going on?" Yeah. To be very brutal, they literally killed off the comic relief in this. <sighs> Do we start there? Yes, uh, Sergeant Stan. Stan, Wink Lake too. Oh, Stan, we liked you, Stan. We did. We did, and I mean, I suppose as we near the end of season two, we still, to date, do not know if there will be a season three. From what I've read, the writer hopes it will be, and is certainly preparing for future seasons of this show. But uh, just as I guess uh, television dictates, sometimes you know, some you know, there's going to be some transition as some storylines come to an end, one way or another, and and. Um, the, the Sergeant Stan's story comes to an end in this episode because because uh, Harry wanted to find some more water. <laughs> well, right? needed to. Yeah. Well, needed. Um, often minor characters exist to help the major characters learn, change, evolve. You, you learn through them. Stan had a great role to play of the support and sidekick. Uh, I won't, voice of reason comes to mind maybe, but he was the, he was truly the, the lieutenant, nope, the sergeant to Lieutenant Harry uh, in, in every way. He was the the support and the help. Um, in this episode, you see some of that. He he is reluctant to go along with the Lucian, although he knows he was the biggest complainer that rations were being cut. They needed more water for everybody. Uh, agrees to go along and jokes about it. Says, I'm putting in for overtime. Right. Which there's no such thing, of course. Um, but then we... Uh, it's off screen because he's actually standing right next to Harry. You kind of see it happen by inference. But yeah, at the well that they're trying to capture from the Italian, some Germans show up and Stan gets shot. So I think, you know, besides being often a you know, comic relief, a little bit of humor, a little bit of lightness. Um, he's also the conscience. He, he like, is. I, yeah. one, one moment that stood out for me from a recent episode, I can't remember if it was two episodes or not, but... Um, Stan said to Harry, you know, think of your kid, you know, uh, your daughter needs a, needs a father, not a hero. Yeah. 
because he was putting himself in, in harm's way at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, by the end of this episode, we see uh, with the loss of Stan, Harry in a very dark place. And it kind of allows Rajiv to reinforce in that position of colleague, because they are, I, I believe, parallels in, in reporting structure. Um, they argue with each other. They, it isn't always clear if one is taking orders from the other. Um, but from a you know, supportive standpoint, a, a morale standpoint, maybe even at times an ethical standpoint, Rajiv always tends to step in and kind of be that grounding for Harry. And you see that very clearly um, you know, toward the end of this episode. So Harry, I think, crossed a line he had set for himself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that brings him down. Obviously, the loss of Stan is, is a personal loss, but when he you know executed the German soldier, I I don't think he really wanted to. Although clearly he wanted to, I I think when the rage subsided and he realized what had happened, that that's when the the guilt and the shame really broken. He he had a line in the sand for himself that he lost control and and crossed. And Rajib knows. Yep. They they. Um, Casually discuss it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He talks about murder. Um, Harry responds, "Murder? Like, isn't that what we're here for? This whole thing is is in murder." So clearly, the you know the ravages of war taking their effect on these men. They've been in the desert. They're all dehydrated, sunstroke. It, it's it's a mess. They all look terrible. They probably smell great. Um, but you know, Rajiv is keeping his head on and, and tries to talk to Harry about. Look, you have a choice to make right now. This is the very end of the episode. Despite, I'm sorry, I don't no, interrupt, but yeah. despite everything that goes against regime, regime, you know, just, you know, people not honoring him, not saluting him correctly or not uh, following his orders or his recommendations, he's still, he's being a good soldier. It's the coolest head in the group, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, keeps perspective. Um, but just tells Harry, you got a choice to make, man. Your you know, men need you. They just lost their sergeant. Um, I, I love this. Beer and revenge are the coward's arsenal, right? You, you, you're going down a path that you do not want to go. Um, pull yourself together and then notes that sitting here drinking alone, that's the beginning of the end for people. That's right. And then he sits with him and shares a drink. Um, so Rajib, I think, is going to do everything he can to pull Harry back out of this. Um, and I can't help, you know, with uh, an episode to go in this season, kind of framing all of these things in terms of what can they do with one episode left. Yeah. And I'm not sure how you pull Harry back out of this convincingly in part of 53 minutes or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I fear, again, this is no spoilers. I don't know. I, I didn't look ahead. But thinking back to the last episode of season one, where it was a misplayed sort of cliffhanger, you know, let's switch with Cassie and Harry. Will she choose her old life? Will she reject Harry and stay? We didn't know. And then season one or season two episode that comes up and boom, they're just both in England together. Like it's never really explored or clarified. Right. And then uh, since what episode two, he's just been moving around in the desert. I mean, it, there, there hasn't been much of a cliffhanger. Um, he's just kind of navigated. Yeah. He, he bumped into Lois at one point, talk about her in a right. moment. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, he, He's been dealing with the yeah the challenges of of being in no man land really. So the build up for Harry, I think I get. I, I think I'm following along um, his progression through, you know, capable leader to you know war, war yeah, you know, and just in this place that he's in, especially with the loss of Stan. I think that is a believable catalyst. Um, I'm curious just to see how and if they try to rebound him out of that. So. Um, 
I'm not sure how you do that quickly because it was a it was a slow burn to get to this point. Yeah, it is. Well, and, and you know, I mentioned that last episode that it just you can tell that like the pacing is really slowed down in these episodes. I feel like things were really rapid, uh, rapidly moving around. Yeah. Uh, that kind of merry-go-round of, of checking in with each character. Um, and we've, you know, certain, you know, we don't see some characters for an episode. Uh, I mean, wh- when's the last time we saw Tom? I mean, we had, oh, oh yes, episode one, I think. Yeah, season. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, you know, he made that point to Lois, like, you're all I got. And then, you know, she ran off to Egypt and, uh, and we haven't seen him. So, I mean, there's that aspect of it too. And then, and then, you know, some of the elimination of some characters. As right. well. I mean, it's really, so, I mean, it's really very uh, intentional focus on two or three. <laughs> three yeah. And I like that. I, I mean, I don't, I didn't hate when they were bouncing around six or seven locations because they were trying to establish all the characters. But now you got to tell a story about yeah. them, right? And we don't see Marga in this episode. No, no. Um, we haven't seen Gregor's for a while. But, you know, Margaret, I, I don't see how that's going to get wrapped up. In yeah, so that too is not a lot of time. And, and that's what I think is thinking ahead to the last third. So a little bit frustrating. Lois has, you know, we'll talk about her in a minute, I'm sure. But Lois has a, a big change coming. Margo, we'd love to see some sort of, if not closure, at least progression on on that story. I, I feel like a lot of things to explore in, in one episode. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're getting set up for a lot of the cliffhanger, yeah, you know, a lot, or many cliffhangers. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, where do you want to go next? Well, let's um, let's talk about Lois, sure, because uh, we really didn't. I mean, she wasn't in the last episode, right. and so uh, let's focus on her for a little bit. Um, she comes across a a local uh, a mother who unfortunately passes out, uh, probably dehydration, the heat, what right. you know, in the desert. Uh, but, with you know, has a child, um, which she um, kind of clings to, uh, wants to bring to the local orphanage. However, that's I guess in a not in a conveniently located place. Um, that you know, she's going to have to go out of her way to get it there. And there's other needs, you know, as as a ambulance driver as she is, uh, that she really needs to attend to. Um, and it and it is interesting, you know. I mean, she has her own baby at home, Vera, who she more or less abandoned, um, you know, with Robina. Um, I feel like abandoned because she basically knocked on the door, left left the baby there and took off. It wasn't like with Shindy much, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't actually yeah. a, a warm handoff to not to her, her mother, well, not her mother-in-law. Um, um, oh. Lois to Robina would be a grandmother. Uh, Vera. Oh, yeah, that's right. Vera. Because, okay, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yes, that does make sense. I yeah. You got all the, all the, the, the love triangle all tangled up in my head. This is up. <laughs> it's been a show, folks. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that it, it's, that's an interesting situation where she does take uh, a, a liking, I don't know, or, or that motherly instinct comes back in with this baby. Yeah, um, it's the opposite of Harry where Harry is descending into chaos and poor decisions and losing control of himself. Lois may have had enough time and a catalyst to sort of remember herself or um, she, she speaks of uh, her remorse about her father, how she broke his heart by leaving. She wasn't, was she there when he died? Well, it was, she was at so a, the first time yeah. right, to go on the yeah. tour right before, before all that. Um, so, you know, people, when they're struggling with anxiety, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, you know, 
all of the things in life that are usually joyful and fun, they, they go away. You, you don't find that same enjoyment. You don't see, find that same sense of satisfaction. Um, with Lois, it was perhaps that. It was all the things that, you know, in, in a normal time, normal situation would have been beautiful there. It would have been, um, you know, worth loving or feeling that, that sense of love. Um, maybe she needed time. Maybe she needed the experience of, of serving away from all of that. Maybe it was just the presence of that child that was enough to rise make her think. And then she had that dream, I guess, that she shared that Vera died somehow. In between all of that, she just realized how much she misses the, the girl. And apparently wants to go back home. She wants to go back home. So is she going to bring this other baby home with her? In in this show, maybe. I just, you know, I just, just thinking. Just you know, for Robina's reaction. Yeah, <laughs> please. Hey, I'm, I'm back and I have another baby right. for you. Um you know, in this house that uh, continues to grow the uh, number of uh, characters living there. Yep. I'm sure that won't be the case. But it just, uh, would that be, there, there's some comic relief. Yes. If we're featuring us, that being this right. So, yeah. So we'll see. So Lois is going back home. Yeah, I, I think she can. I think she's, you know, she's not enlisted in the military, but I mean, she's in essence volunteering through that organization. So I, I think she can just say, you know what, I'm good. Yeah, uh, how she gets home from Cairo, Egypt, I'm not sure, but they'll figure that out, and I'm sure in between episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> she'll be home. It's the miracle of TV. Yeah, people go from Eastern Warsaw or Eastern Poland to England in the span of there a week or two. Uh, it happens. It does happen. Yeah. So, all right. So, do we go to Manchester next? Let's Let do that one. This was fascinating. Um, so we didn't talk about name that episode. Um, mm. Long, long-standing viewers will know we have a recurring gag where these episodes are not officially named, so we come up with bad ideas of names for the episodes. Um, I didn't put you on the spot. No, no, and I mean uh, this. Well, I would, I actually would have focused on Sergeant Stan. The end of Sergeant Stan was the episode title, but in the storyline with Cassia and Sir James and uh, Irina, um, I'd say. Um, I don't know. Is she is she or isn't she a spy? I mean, she, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's I still I'm still kind of well, it'll still linger. So it seems like she's doing this to protect her son. Somehow her son is in uh, the captivity of the Nazis, and so somehow, somehow, so she was in Warsaw, and perhaps the Nazis let her go as long as she would find. Yeah, the, the the origin of that I'm, I'm unclear about. She she confirms she is spying. I, I think we get that clear. Um, I, I like her idea that maybe some of this has origins back in in Poland. Her son, it, we're told, is a prisoner of war uh, from the Nazis, and yeah, somehow she was sent to England, ended up in England, but had made an arrangement to. As she's described herself as a a good drafter, a good drawer with a great memory. So as she's working. In that factory, she's paying attention to everything. She writes it down, draws the pictures, and puts them in. It's like a box. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I think she admits what she's doing. She she explains to Cassia the why of it. Um, seems, you know, very sympathetic. I, I think yeah, there's Cassia's struggling with this. Definitely. And it was last episode as yeah. well as this episode. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of truth comes out in this episode. I'd lean towards some some wording around truth or secrets or something for an episode title. You get a lot of truth being shared. I think a lot of truth about Irina comes out. Right. Cassia has to deal with that. Um, and it's, and she doesn't well, especially where James is concerned. 
And I really loved the scene where all the truth comes out. Oh, and and Ravina. Yeah. Ravina is like, I've had enough of this. Right. Because of course she thinks they're, yeah, the relationships. So the dinner scene was was a buildup of, in essence, the two scenes before. So Cassia in the office with her boss, Irina, and then Cassia and James and crew at Irina's apartment. And James is all business. Mm-hmm. Right, we got to clean this up. We got to figure this out. We're going to make a plan to continue to make fake documents and drop them in the box. So at least we can try to figure out who's picking them up because somebody has to come and get them. He's got a plan. And then they get to dinner time and Cassia's still processing all of this. And James just puts on his his show. Yeah, right. He's got that. He found that turkey. Yeah. So we'll celebrate this wonderful feast. Yep. Work is compartmentalized. We're going to have some food here. And Cassie just goes off on him right there at the table. And what's cool is she starts speaking in, speaking in Polish. And he knows. And he understands. Robina was surprised by that. We're taking a little reaction. Um, and, and in essence, Cassie just goes, how can you do this? How can you see what we saw? You'll process everything about the woman, her family, her situation, and then just think about stuffing your face with turkey. Oh, all of a day's work. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on. And, you know, his point is, you know, he kind of like um, Douglas, you know, kind of going back to the first, you know, first world war. I mean, it just, he's already, he's moved on. Like, he's, he's I don't know if mature is the right term. Experienced. Experienced. Um, better way to put it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, that it's just, you know, this is, this is the business and the, the, the more and more time, this is what happened. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, Cassia, you know, and it's, it's interesting just because Cassia, uh, you know, as we saw through most of the first season, um, you know, what you would characterize as kind of a black widow, you know, uh, befriending Nazi soldiers and then, um, having somebody shoot them to death and doing it one at a time. And, you know, I'm struggling with that a little bit, but really kind of at peace with, you know, these are, you know, people that, that should be shot dead, I guess, you know, as far as she was concerned. But now uh, it, it's it's different. She's you know, she's in, uh, certainly in a different country um, and now I'm being set up to rat out people that she developed a connection with. Right. Yeah, and it, yeah. And in thinking of this through, it's, let me say be well but that's probably not the right word. So it seemed like Cassia had gone through that sort of stealing herself transition back in Poland. We actually talked about this, I think, just because what you said made me remember this. She she had come to the place where she could do what she did right. with her her partner there, did some dark things, uh, seemed to be, you know, I wouldn't say handling it. I'm sure she was dealing with some of the scars and the, you know, the memories and stuff, but um, had been getting along as best she could. And then went to England and went to a peaceful environment where it seemed like a lot of PTSD. She had that struggle in the cafe early in the season where she, um, I believe, punched an older man that was hawking, you know, garbage to her. But was that was how Gregor's right. Um, but now it's like it's turned the tables around. She's the one that's struggling with adapting and, and processing and making sense of everything. And she gets upset with James for having to have figured that out. And I've often talked about you know, my uh, frustrations with some of the larger writing of this show, some of the structural pieces and stuff. But this is, again, one of those moments where the dialogue and the, the setting are really, I think, well done, this conversation at the table. But ultimately, it boils up and James just kind of says, you know, look, I, I've been through the war. I, I've learned to see things, but not see them. Yeah. You know, in the trenches, we saw things. We were surrounded by people dead and dying. There was nowhere to bury them. We had no time. They just laid there. 
and eventually you just kind of figure out how to pack that away and get on with things. And that's probably how you survive things like that mentally and emotionally. And it allows him to succeed in his job now of, of being someone that can process or kind of things, but keep moving here. Well, and, uh, and so that prompts for me to, you know, kind of bringing back this storyline that you've brought up a number of episodes, you know, that historical uh, role of a woman, you know, like, look, Cassia, if you're going to stay here, you're going, your place is here at home. I need you to help take care of Vera, take care of Jan, that sort of thing. You're not, you're not working at MI5. Right. Yeah, we get a lot more of Rubina's worldview in this yeah. episode. We've seen some insights into her kind of psychology or, or motivations. But yeah, it's it's a strong sense. She says this to James and Cassia. Yeah. In our society, women are the keepers of the home. It's the, it's the bedrock of, of how this works. And I like this. If we let that slip, what are our men fighting for? And so it really is the core of her understanding that the men are supposed to go out and do the fighting and the women are supposed to stay home and keep everything together right and she is she is i mean you think about it too i mean she is the core of that household that is her house obviously but i mean think of think of the miscellaneous cast of characters that live here you have sir james you have cassia you have jan um you have vera right and a dog right and and presumably a dead bird somewhere had to bring it up uh so uh you know there's a lot and uh you know perhaps at some point we'll see harry come home uh, maybe Los will stop by with another baby. Who knows? Um, but, you know, Robina is the bedrock of yep. all of this. Yeah. And ultimately, it, if she's believable, I think she is. She just wants peace. She wants peace for Cassia, peace for Jan. Um, actually, straight out tells Cassia, if you don't quit that job, you're out. You're both leaving and good luck there. Um, yeah, it, it's a, a little more glimpse into what Robina is really looking for here. Um, probably the weight of knowing her son is still out there fighting is weighing on her as well. But ultimately, she wants peace. It was peace in the house. Yet again, it's going to set up another, the final episode of this season. Really, what what is Cassia's decision? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that I'm intrigued to see. Because I, I... You think we'll have time to actually get to that one? Yeah, you know, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and clarity. Like, uh, we didn't really get a decision from her at the again at the end of the first season. We just learned of it early in season two. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if she, I should say should, I hate to make decisions for the character, but I could see it going either way. I, I, I don't think she'd, I don't think she'd put Jan at risk because uh, I mean, ultimately her first sacrifice back in episode one was to send Jan with Harry and she assumed the risk of staying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's still true, but right, she knows well leave her little brother again. Yeah. Um, but I, you know. I also think she saw a purpose and mission in being part of MI5 and working with James, although she's very mad at him right now. So, um, yeah, who knows? We'll find out. So the last one, uh, my favorite, yeah, yeah, Greg and nope, David, David, David. sorry, David. It's, um, you know, I'm starting to warm up finally, uh, to this storyline. Oh, you know, and Henry, I I like, I liked her in the first season anyway, you know, when, you know, as, as, as as Webster, yeah, yeah, stable character and the hot French hospital or the Paris Parisian hospital. And, um, and, and like her, her storyline is really blossomed nicely. I think, you know, she had been on the run, um, you know, now they're, you know, she came upon, um, David who, um, you know, he had to eject out of his plane and they can more or less taken care of him. And they've, so to date, have, have managed to 
stay out of out of uh, German uh, the Germans' yep. views that uh, they're around and they're the they're at a farm of some sort. Yeah, out of Paris, Paris, some small farm. Right. Also, the the the, the owners of the farm, uh, at least the the husband, is like keep it down. The, uh, meanwhile, the 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 wife, the party animal, is enjoying the brandy that right. she's sharing with everyone. So. Yeah, so this this little storyline is also another reason why I thought truth could be a, a theme of this episode. Because I've been very clear about my frustration with David. He came out of nowhere in season two. We had yeah. no reason to like him or care about him. He wasn't very likable to begin out. But those kind of characters are generally set up to change, mm-hmm. right? That you, you, you establish them as a jerk so that eventually they change and it feels like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Um, so the, I won't say inevitable, but the perhaps expected change is starting to materialize. He has a few moments of clarity. But the reason why I think truth really comes out is that these two realize they have no future together. Hmm. Um, He explores that with her. And in two ways, she pretty much shuts him down. One is he tries to practice his French language and she kind of entertains him for a while that says, you'd be dead in a week. (laughs) No one's going to fall for it. You'd be discovered and dead in a week. Um, and then they they talk about their plans at the end, and she makes it clear, you need to get it, get back to your unit, your group, and I'm going back to Paris. So a different hospital, I can help more people there, and, and she assumes do it do it safely. Um, we do see, and I think you, you alluded to this a minute ago, some glimmer of recognition from him about his own perspectives changing. He says, you know, I'm a boy playing at soldier. I, I didn't understand all of the ramifications of this until I saw it, until I right, they lose his experience. But she actually responds fairly well. She's like, how, how could you? Like, how, how can anyone understand all of this without seeing it? This is too much to imagine. Oh, that's all premise of this show. Yep. The impact of this war on fellow people. Yeah. yeah on, on everyday people. And then a, a favorite parting line to him, which I love, the scratching of rats will always remind me of you. I'll have to quote that one uh, good later one. down down the road. Uh, so. so I like what you said. I, I like her um, and her impact on him. Again, talking about characters and their impact on each other, the effect they have on each other. Um, she could be a help for him to understand a little more reality of war and, and the people in it. Maybe less of that callous sort of defensive nature we saw in the first couple. Of yeah. yeah. Well, I, again, I, I mean, I she was very much a peripheral character early on in the first season, uh, but she was really ter- taken on the kind of a more of a central role yep. this season, but I really like, yeah, so you step in the gaps of missing something. Okay. But we will explore a little bit down the road. That's right. So one to go, one to go. Well, that was a, uh, an interesting, challenging, uh, episode. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to expect. We, we haven't known what to expect every every episode coming down the line, but I, I really thinking that there's 53 minutes left to go in this series. I mean, there's a lot that's going to be jam packed in this or maybe not. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Very little clarity, strong sense. Lois will go home. Decent sense that Henrietta and David will split up and, and go out with their lives. Harry's in a dark place and they're Cassie and James. Uh, those, those are the, the mysteries. I think what, what decisions will, will they make? And Margaret. And Marta, yeah, I do want to circle back with her. Um, no idea where that is. Not, not even a guess. Nope. Uh, so stay tuned. Yeah, you'll see with us. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. This was episode five of season two of World on Fire, reviewed by Postscript. 
This episode, all of our episodes, you can find online in a bunch of places. You're probably listening through your favorite podcast app. If you want to watch, for whatever reason, instead of just listen, you can find us on WFTF's YouTube channel called Mosaic. Uh, for all sorts of information, visit wf.org slash mosaic. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Uh, a bunch of ways you can do that. Email is great. Postscript at wtf.org. Uh, visit YouTube. Leave a comment on one of the videos. And then anywhere you can, leave ratings, leave reviews, leave comments. All those things help out. Support for this episode and all episodes of World on Fire Season 2 is brought to you by rogersandassociates.com and also uh, viewers and listeners like you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.